Welcome back to another episode of the Defending Magic Podcast. As always, we are part of the Hook CMEC network of content. That is the Hook Creative Media and Entertainment Company. Check out Hook's website at hookcmec.com. You can also check out Hook on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and pretty much everywhere. Today, we actually have our first guest. I worked with this individual at Marriott in the past. Uh, Eric Jagers, he is awesome, and we talk a little bit about our time at Marriott in hospitality, and then what he's up to right now with gaming streaming and how it relates to content moderation. So without further ado, I'll hop right over to the interview. All right, so we'll get right into it. Eric, welcome to the show. What brought you to work in hospitality, and what made you end up going over to the safety and security side of hospitality? Hey, John, thanks for having me. Um, so when I first got into the hospitality industry, I was just sitting, thinking one day, what do I want to do? I love working with people. I love helping people. love putting a smile on people's face, and I thought about hotels. Hey, you're always going to need a hotel. That industry can never die. And then I thought, you know, front desk. Yeah, right, post-pandemic, of course. <laughs> and then I thought front desk would be perfect for me, as I am a people person. I love to meet everybody. So I got a job at the Holiday Inn Express in the suburbs of Chicago, and uh, I was doing front desk there, all by myself at times where you're just working all by yourself in a 300-room hotel, but it was a perfect place to have me. And then what brought you over to uh, working in security? So the security side, um, I got an invite from a friend who was already working at this uh, Marriott Lincolnshire property, and um, it's just one of the best properties. I grew up in the area. It's another 300-room Marriott but it was a resort, so it had a golf course, swimming pool. So I definitely wanted to uh, switch over course. Honestly, once I had gotten offered for this security gig, um, you know, it was just a, hey, come get the interview. I met the supervisor I was working with. We ended up becoming best friends. I'm actually, you know, still in contact with him. He just moved to uh, D.C. He's doing corporate security for Marriott as well. But um, he was just a great person. The interview went well, and... I loved it. I mean, it was just the perfect gig for me. As soon as I got in, I learned, I, you know, it was it's a slower pace over there. So just by, you know, being in the suburbs, it was a little bit easier to uh, to learn. We had a lot more, you know, time for training. For sure, for sure. So you've obviously worked not just at multiple companies, but also multiple properties. Has there been a noticeable difference between like safety and security other than obviously the size of the security presence? I know the property at right now has a, you know, a much larger uh, security team than the one at Lincolnshire. Correct. Yeah. When I was working over at the Lincolnshire, it's a 300 room property versus moving to the city. Um, now we work uh, at a Chicago downtown Marriott. It's on the Mag Mile in Chicago. And it is um, a 1,200-room property. So I went from a 300-room resort to a 1,200-room property. Uh, difference was substantial on day one. So from working at the resort, it was essentially a one-man team. You were doing patrols, patrols, patrols. Um, very few guest calls. And the only really busyness we had was going to be for we would host sometimes one to three weddings each night on the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday would have three different weddings going on each different night. So we were very eventful and busy with noise complaints. But that's about it in the suburbs. That was really the biggest thing we dealt with was noise complaints on the weekends only. 
So first day of switching downtown, boy, did they uh, really show me what it was all about. Um, just, just coming downtown was just a completely different attitude, just nonstop action, action, action. And you're really, you were a deterrent. You're spending a lot of time in the lobby, and you have a lot of the same people who are only here to cause trouble that you keep running into. And it's just a reoccurring thing. But, uh, you know, they're just trying to come into the building, you know, maybe even get some money from a guest or two. And then, they're, you know, you're just, you're just really going to maintain your presence in the lobby, be active, and, uh, you know, it's just, you, it, it, was a, it was a substantial difference. And I had to pick it up quick, and I'm glad I did. Well, good stuff, man. I know that's a, uh, like you said, it's a very busy property. If you if you had one thing you wish people would know about working in security in the hospitality industry, what would it be? The one thing I would warn people, or even just, you know, just giving them a heads up, is that anything is possible. Anything could happen on a, a shift. You could have, you know, you're dealing with people who could be going into, you know, cardiac arrest. You have people who are trying to steal things. You know, anything is really possible. You might be running up into a room uh, to save a life. You know, you really don't know. I've had several different occasions in the four years I've been downtown where I have deep breaths on that elevator, and as soon as that elevator doors the door opens, you know, I'll just excel my breath, and you don't know what you're walking into. you got a call for an emergency up on this floor. You, you really, anything is possible. You just got to be on your toes and be ready for anything. For sure. No, and that's kind of part of the reason I'm even doing this podcast is like people don't understand or they certainly don't appreciate, but they also just don't understand how much like work goes into safety and security in the hospitality industry. Um, so I, anyways, outside your time at Marriott, I know you are a gaming streamer. Can you tell me a bit more about how you got into that? And for listeners who are kind of unaware of that industry, what is it all about? So the gaming has actually become huge to me. It's really one of my passions. I've played playing video games my whole life. Um, I was a diehard security. You know, I love my job. I still love my job. But honestly, my main focus now is actually driven over to the gaming side. Um, I really have a passion for this. Um, I'm a, currently a Xbox streamer on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash skateric underscore. But... Um, we started off on this platform called Mixer, which is just a streaming platform where you play your video games, it displays your game up on a monitor, you know, so anyone can chat and watch your gameplay. And we started off on Mixer, we got very far. Unfortunately, that platform, which was owned by Microsoft, just wasn't uh, making enough money, so Microsoft cut it. So we had to switch over to which is now Twitch, which was uh, owned by Amazon, the mega platform as it already was. So, you know, it was a good, it was, a, it was an upgrade, but... We lost about two years of grinding on Mixer just to have it kind of shut down and start over on Twitch. But uh, right now, I mean, the streaming is really, it's really just a passion for me. Just I'm already playing the games. You know, I started off, it was just one piece at a time, where now I built a computer to play my Xbox. Like, I built a computer with zero computer knowledge, but I just had so much passion that, you know, I, I went for it, and I, I love it. I use it every day. It's a fine piece of hardware, and I love just even looking at it, man. It's just, uh, it's just like, hey, that's my baby. I made you, but um, I needed it. It's a stream PC, so I built it for streaming. I can't, I can play video games on it, but it's strictly for streaming. Yeah, man, I've seen your setup. It's actually like your little room that you got is pretty sick. So now, a hot topic in the news right now is content moderation on digital platforms. 
a lot of time these platforms or companies are having these like trust and safety teams that monitor the platform for select language or activities and then act on removing that content and even coordinating with law, uh, law enforcement where applicable. I know you are still developing your brand in the gaming, entertainment, and streaming space, but have you had any experience with issues regarding content moderation? Every day, but fortunately for me, um, you know, I'm not having any issues that are going to cause any real main like trouble. So what we use on our platform is we have what are called moderators, which are just hand-picked individuals. You usually pick somebody who shows up in your chat and that you can trust. And it gives them a little power in your chat since your main focus is the gaming. And, you know, I'm playing a game and I'm looking over at a screen just for chat. It's hard to take my hand off the controller to type a message or right. to block somebody. So that's what the moderators are for. So right now I have, say I have an average of 25 viewers in my stream. I will have at least three moderators active. And really it just takes one. But uh, currently we keep running into an issue where there's just, you get bots. You get spam. You get people who are angry that if you kill them in a game, you know, they come in and just start swearing at you and just try to tell you the worst things possible because it's the Internet. So it's going to yeah. happen. It's going to happen. So like I said, I'm fortunate enough that I maintain a good eye on my chat um, where I can kind of, if somebody writes something bad, I can either tell a moderator to delete the comment or ban the person, or you can even give, simply give them a timeout ranging from 30 seconds to however long you want. And um, it's just it, it's a key key uh, piece of it for the streaming industry to you know stop some of these uh, some some of the bad words getting said out there because it does happen. Huh. That's actually really interesting. So like as you expand, obviously I would imagine this is going to become like a you know the more viewers, the more people possibly commenting you know bad things on there. Do people in that industry like as they like like they turn it into a full on business? Do they like hire people to do content moderation, or do they still kind of crowdsource from their viewers? Yeah, that would be goals. So I mean, so you still get. Um, I watch a lot of the big streamers, and you just have. I mean, I've been doing this for now three years, and I've been talking to some of these streamers for three years to the point where it's like they'll trust you, you know. And I enjoy. I used to mod every night for other streamers before I started being a big time streamer. And I enjoyed it. It was just something to do versus just sitting in the stream. So all you're really doing is, like, you give somebody a shout-out or you just ban somebody when they write something bad. But it's just a little something extra to do. So I know I enjoyed it. Um, goals would be to be able to pay some of my mods. But, you know, unfortunately, we're not making tons and tons of money just yet. You know, we're still building the brand. Uh, I think a year from now, this conversation, it'll be a whole different story. The brand is really taken off. But um, that would be goals was to be able to pay some of my mods. I am fortunate enough to be able to go around. I have a lot of mods that do stream themselves. So I'll just kind of go over into their streams and give them some subs or give them some bits, which is the Twitch currency. You know, it's like I'm not balling, but I am fortunate enough where I do have an awesome job, you know, and I have a great community where they do give us a little bit of money here and there. So I'll go and spread the love back to my mods who are there to help me out every day. And, you know, it's even just having the view, just by them being in the stream, is just a big help to me. No, for sure. For sure. And, yeah, like you said, you know, six months from now, I'd be actually curious to see how that's expanded. And then, you know, as you see, like, kind of the news right now, there's a bunch of possible, like, legislation coming down about uh, 
basic content moderation and trying to hold companies accountable. I have no idea what's going to happen with all that, but a a lot of that currently is with music is another uh, main moderation that they're, they're they're kind of dealing with right now in the industry where uh, streamers are just using other people's music while they stream. So that's being recorded and you know, the musicians not making any money, money out of it. Right. So I believe it's the DMCA has been going around through Twitch streams and what they'll do is they'll give you a warning and then you just get essentially banned. You know, you have three strikes and then you're banned for using music throughout your stream. I'm able to use uh, throughout Spotify royalty-free music, you know. I just I just play that. But you have people who just, who cares? I'll let them get me when they get me. So, I mean, I would say 80% of the streamers are out there are using illegal music while they stream. So that's something they're definitely trying to crack wow. down on. Wow. And have you, like, had communication with, like, other than, you know, I'm not saying you've got in trouble or flagged or anything, but have like do they like actually communicate back and forth with you, or is it kind of like, hey, you got you got a flag, and there's like no debating it? Um, the only time I ever had gotten flagged that wasn't for music. It was a funny story. It was when I first started streaming. Um, I was streaming in my Hawaiian shirt, but I wasn't buttoning it, and I got flagged for nudity. So I had a, <laughs> so I got a suspension very early in my career. And I had to start buttoning up my Hawaiian, and that is why we are the Hawaiian shirt streamer. That's how we started. But, um, yeah, there's the music industry. You've been seeing a lot of the big-time streamers because they gave you a – this is a big push as of recently, uh, like within the last couple months. They gave you a couple warnings. They told everybody, hey, we're doing this. And they asked you to go back and delete your VODs, which are your old footage, any old clips or anything, because they now have some kind of bot that is just picking up music chunks throughout your old streams it could have been five years ago and people are getting warnings so like that's where it kind of gets a little sketchy but they did tell you you can delete all that old stuff but you know right now fortunately for me um i realized right when i came over to twitch that this was going to be a problem so i've just stopped using regular spotify and i use royalty free music for my streamers gotcha no that makes sense but yeah well, I really appreciate you coming on, Eric, and for sure want to have you as a recurring guest. I definitely next time want to talk a little bit, nothing too crazy, but a little bit of story time with Marriott. So, uh, yeah, no, man, I appreciate you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Anytime, man. I'll talk to you. Wow, that was an awesome interview. I really appreciate Eric coming on. Speaking of another individual I worked with at Marriott, why don't you go check out the McKenzie Travel Company? I worked with Megan McKenzie over at Marriott as well. She now has a full-service travel company. They are awesome. They can help plan your trips anywhere in the world. You can reach them at 407-708-3620. That's 407-708-3620. Or go to their website, mckenzietravelcompany.com. I'll have a link to the website in the podcast description. I'm also going to have a link to all of Eric's uh, social media and all those places where you can watch him gaming and see what he's up to. As always, thanks for tuning in. Rate, review, subscribe, and I will talk to you guys real soon.